You will fail. So what? Everybody does. But your gym, your watch, your yoga pants, they pretend you won't. So when you miss a day, eat the pancakes. Give up on a workout? You failed? Seriously, what the hell? We're body. We've been a part of that too, but not anymore. At body, we're rejecting perfection and embracing reality. Not in a pizza Monday kind of way, in a loving your whole life kind of way. In a, this workout is fun and it's okay if I take a week off kind of way. In an, I'm eating healthy and it's okay if I indulge kind of way. In a, I like myself no matter what kind of way. Yeah, you will fail. We all will. But we're not going to let that be the end. You see that? We're already making progress. So let's keep going. We are body. Start your free trial at body.com. That's B-O-D-I dot com. Hi, I'm Abby. And I'm Vanessa. And you're listening to The Real Moms of Bravo, a weekly podcast where we recap your favorite Bravo shows in 30, 40, 50-ish minutes every week. And we have a special I would say bonus episode, but recap episode with an amazing host on an amazing day, Vanessa's birthday. Woo! Happy birthday to me. <laughs> I love that you find a way to do Luann Cabaret. I was actually going to try to sing it to you, and you you beat me to it. So I just enjoy it way too much. It's, you know what? Viva la diva, Vanessa. Viva la diva. Here you go, everyone. Have a listen. We have another amazing guest on the show today. We have Sasha from the Bravo Breakdown joining us in this week's recap. Hi, Sasha. Welcome. Hi. Hi. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. We love Sasha. One, if you're not following her on Instagram, you must. Um, Sasha, why don't you tell everyone a little bit about the Bravo Breakdown if they don't know already? Yes. Well, I uh, do video recaps on my IGTV. I break down Potomac, Roni, Beverly Hills. Uh, I've been, I just started a Patreon a couple months ago. So I've been breaking down one episode on my Patreon and one episode on my feed. And it's just, you know, me giving my hot takes, giving my opinion, my POC perspective, and, you know, hopefully think, saying what we're all thinking while watching the show. Yes. I love your videos because you do a good job of it's entertainment, right? We know we're watching these shows because it's entertaining, but it's also they have such a huge audience and whether they know it or not, they're supporting or not supporting a message. So I love how you tie it into like the real world, real world issues, but your videos are so well produced. I mean, do you do those yourselves? Cause they like, they are so impressive. Everyone like you need to go watch these. I feel like I'm watching a real like TV show, like better than E! News. It's so oh good. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Thank you. You know, Moni told me that she was like, it's like the E! News of Bravo. You like, break yes. episode, make it like it's like breaking news. That's, I appreciate that. Um, yeah. So I, my fiance does like the graphics in the intro, like all the pictures and stuff. Um, I recorded the intro song and then I do all of the editing myself, which girl, is like, that's a lot. I, I girl, you you. I mean, I'm sure you got. Do you guys edit your podcast at all, or is it pretty much? Barely, <laughs> we we do, but not to the level of what you do. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I had never. So the only editing that I had done prior to the breakdown was for my self tapes because I'm you know I'm an actor, so a lot of our auditions are via self tape. So that was like the extent of my editing, just like piecing scenes together. So if it was like a four scene long audition, they want it all on one you know file. That would be the extent of it, and so. 
the fact that I edit like a whole, cause usually it'll end up being like, I'll just record it and it'll be like maybe between 30 minutes. Some of them are up to an hour and a half of me talking that I edit down to like 12 minutes. Oh my gosh. Wow. Well, it's, it's impressive. It looks, it's so well done and so well produced. Appreciate so all it. your hard work is paying off. And again, if you're not following her on Instagram, check it out at the Bravo breakdown. And I love that it's something different. Like I haven't seen like an IGTV in the Bravo world, like someone taking a different spin on it and your set's beautiful. You're beautiful. It's, it's Thank all you. beautiful. Yes. Thank I, you so much. I, I appreciate it. it. I appreciate it so much. You know, it's funny because when I started, when I was getting the idea of doing it, I was like, I was thinking the same thing. I was like, okay, there's podcasts and then there's means that I wasn't seeing a lot of like visual mediums, you know, on Instagram. So I was really intimidated by doing it because I'm like, is, is, am I just going to look like a, a weirdo, a fucking weirdo just sitting there talking, you know? It's taken so. off fast. I mean, you've gained a ton of followers quickly. I mean, people really do love it. And if you're not following her, like we are going to say this a hundred times, go follow the Bravo Breakdown. I agree with you every single time. And I learn something new because you'll pick up on something that, you know, like we all watch it while doing other things and scrolling Instagram and I'll miss something that like seems small. And I, you just like, I always learn something and I love what you put out there. It is, it's so great. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. You mentioned your fiance. So uh, we have to ask cause it's 2020 and yes. I do love a good wedding. How's wedding planning? What oh are you gosh. thinking? What's going on there? So we got engaged in December. So it's coming up on a year, which is like insane. Like, I can't believe it's like already going into the holidays, which is like, it seems like it was, you know what I mean? Like this year seems like it, like it's weird because it went by fast. But at the same time, it feels like it was like decades ago. Like yes. that, that, that even <laughs> happened, you know? March feels like three years ago, but June feels like yesterday. Like, I don't right. understand how that's possible. Exactly. Exactly. So we were actually, so we just moved into like a really dope building in the arts district in downtown LA. And our building has like really nice views. And it also has like a really cool, um, like, different um sort of like venue spaces in the building that you can rent as as like a tenant they has like a screening room like a movie theater in this one room that has like a full bar area so we're actually thinking of possibly doing like a rooftop ceremony on our Aww. building oh my god i love that the skyline is so gorgeous and i you know on the top of it, it's just so pretty every time i go out there it just like takes my breath away like i can't believe i even live here like just looking at the view you can see it's like a panoramic views of the city it's so gorgeous so we're thinking of something along those lines but then we're both from north carolina so uh his mom wants to throw like a reception like a, a big reception for all of the family members that like can't fly out so we'll probably do a small ceremony here and then a reception with just like my la people and then a bigger sort of reception back home back oh that's sweet and then I like the intimacy I had a destination wedding and I had about 66 guests and the intimacy of that is it's really it's really nice so I think yeah. you'll like that a big wedding's fun too don't get me wrong but right, right. Um, just in the spirit of 2020 and the weird times that we're in and uh, wedding planning zoom weddings and all the different right. things that we've been seeing I think that's really nice and it lowers the bar because of what's going on now, because, you know, it's like everyone's no one's expecting as much from you because I always, you know, you feel that pressure of like, what do people think? What are people expecting from me? Like, you feel like you have to live up to the standard of what your wedding should be. So now I feel like I kind of have like a little bit of a breathing room, like, OK, people know what's going on right now in the world. Yeah, it's like the Pinterest wedding, like the competitions. It's like I feel like right. it's for the good, it's a good thing that that's kind of gone away. And I think people are also realizing 
what really matters. And it's having those closest to you. I had over 200 people at my wedding, majority of which, I mean, I have a big family, so that takes up a lot of it. And so does my husband, but we are still close with majority of those people, but some were not, but like looking back on some of the things I stressed about, it really didn't matter. And I think this pandemic's made us realize like all it's about is celebrating a couple and having nothing but love in the room. And if that means having a a laptop play songs from Spotify, so be it because it's hard to get bands to come and DJs. And like, you just, I think people are realizing that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's fun, but it, it doesn't make the event. Absolutely. Absolutely. Where was your destination wedding, Vanessa? I got married in the Dominican Republic. So my family is from the DR. um, So I've always wanted a beach wedding. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. A lot of mama wanna. It was, it was, it was really, really fun. Uh, I, we also with acting, like Abby mentioned, have you ever seen how's that going with the pandemic and your auditions? And so recently, recently you auditioned for a show, um, like seventies, like some activism. Yes. And you know, it's funny cause I can't say the show, but one of my followers actually guessed the show. And I was like, are you kidding me? But wow. I, couldn't confirm, I couldn't confirm or not confirm. They're like, is it this show? And I was like, oh my God, how do you know? <laughs> but I was like, what is going on? Like, do I have a stalker on my hands or what? But um, that was my first audition in person since the pandemic. So that was like really exciting to like be in the room and like feel the vibe. Cause it's always, I've, I thrive off of the adrenaline of like being in front of people. Cause at this point, I don't like the fear, my nerves, it's not fear anymore. It's more of just like the rush of like being put like being on the spot, like the rush that you get from that is kind of what drives me at this point, because I don't really, you know what I'm saying? Like I don't get nervous anymore. So I enjoy getting that adrenaline rush. Whereas whereas when I do it at home, I get, I'm so comfortable that it sometimes is flat and I phone in sometimes because I do so in your room and you're doing all these tapes. So it was nice to be in the room and like get dressed up and read across from another person. That's not my fiance. Cause my fiance is usually my like uh, audition partner. And he is the worst. I'll be doing like a super dramatic scene, like on the verge of tears. And he'll do his lines like, oh, how could you do this to me? I love it. so flat. Like, can you give me something? Give me some emotion. Yeah. He needs needs some acting lessons if he's going to help you with this. I felt like I was like Denise Richards acting across from a mannequin. Oh, my God. That scene. Like when they showed that, I was dying. But I also like... I want to go back and watch her. I don't really watch soap operas. I want to go back and watch it. And be like, can I tell that she like didn't know that the person was really there? Oh my gosh, I would love to. I, I was shocked. I didn't, I was like, wow, they really do that. Because I even like when I'm on set and like a lot of times. So if you have a really good scene partner, they'll do. They'll stand in for you when it's your coverage. So basically, like the way they film is either all of the cameras are on you or it's all on them for your close ups. So if you have a really good scene partner that's really generous, they will they will do the scene with you even when they're not on camera. But some people are just, you know, ego or whatever. They won't do it with you. So you end up doing it to like with an extra or sometimes no one. Oh, God, that's so so awkward. Right. So the fact that she's doing a scene across from a mannequin, like I don't even like doing a scene across from the person that's not the actual actor, nonetheless, a mannequin. So that I mean, props to her. Yeah, she's she's a pro. So prior to the pandemic, when go, I mean, cause you know, going on auditions stuff, there's a lot of people in LA that are, have been on Bravo shows that are also aspiring, aspiring actors and actresses. Have you run into anyone? Like I just, for some reason, I feel like you've ran into Sandoval. Like that was the first person that came into my head. 
Oh yeah, an I ran into. Uh, I, oh my god, I wish I, I ran into him at Tom Tom, but not at an audition. Oh, okay, I've actually never. I know, I know. I wish I've run into like uh like a couple like some people off of Love and Hip Hop randomly. Like oh Love yeah, Hip Hop Hollywood. I've run into them at auditions, and then I ran into Nene one time, not at an audition, but at at a hotel. I ran into her. Oh, and I my fiance it. was like, "Isn't that that lady?" And I was like, "What lady?" He's like, "The tall one." The I was like, "What tall lady?" Yeah, <laughs> tall lady. And he's like, "The knee, the in, in the knee." That's such a guy response. Like, Isn't that that lady? Okay. Seriously, and it was Nene leaks. So I was like, I almost died. So I saw her once, but um, oh, and was then, she firmly uh, at all? Because I've I've heard like mixed things with her and fan interactions. Not mean, but she wasn't open. Like she wasn't. You know, she was just kind of like, "Hey." Thanks. Like, kind of short and closed off, if that makes sense. But I didn't yeah, feel that she does. was being mean, but she wasn't being generous or warm in any sort of way. I've heard that. So that 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 tracks. Yeah. So you know, I mean, you know, and you know, you know how these celebs are. You never know. You catch them on the right day or the the right moment. You never know how they're gonna really mm-hmm. react. Last question before we dive in, because I Abby and I have such boring lives here in the Midwest, so talking <laughs> to you is like <laughs> so much fun. But who's your favorite um, actor or actress that you've gotten to work with and who's kind of been like the kindest? Oh, Mahershala Ali. Do you know oh, him? I, yes. I love oh that Oh my him. God. He is the kindest. So usually when I work, so I've worked with, so I've also worked with Steve Carell and I've worked with Lupita Nyong'o and oh, Chadwick wow. Boswick on oh. I worked with Black Panther and um, Regina King on The Watchmen. So I worked wow. with a lot of like actually black actors and actresses, surprisingly. Like there's not that many roles for us, but the fact that I've gotten to work with like a lot of the greats has been really fun. But Mahershala was the most, and uh, Leslie Odom Jr. I worked with him on a film last summer. He was really nice as well. But I would have to say Mahershala because he just went out of his way because usually like if if there's a big star on set, I typically don't approach them. And, and a lot of times I feel like I'm being rude because I'm like being extra distant than I would actually be if they weren't famous. But I don't want to come across as like a fan. Right. So I'm even more cold than I would be if they weren't. <laughs> You're trying to play it cool. I, exactly. I totally get it. You're trying to play it cool. You don't want to like exactly. fangirl. You're like, you know, totally. I'm, I'm phased by it. Exactly. You want to be a professional, you know, you want to be like, okay, we're both in the scene together. We're both actors. We're both doing our job. So I'm always super hesitant, but he approached me and like, was just introducing himself. He's like, Hey, I'm Mahershala. Like, how's it going? Like how any, how, how do you feel about the scene? Like just super nice guy, super warm and generous. He was, he was really great. And then Steve Carell was really fun. He wasn't, he, Steve had a lot going on that day. So he wasn't really taking the time to like converse but his energy was light it was just light and just very inclusive what was Chadwick like because I feel like everyone just says he's just such a great person I mean I'm and I'm sure you have nothing negative to say but what was that interaction being in his so my scene was actually with Lupita so more of my exchanges were with her and he was kind of just like in in the scene but Mm -hmm. not direct dialogue with him but his whole or it felt like everyone had this reverence for him. And then it felt like he had a mutual respect for everyone that was around him, if that makes sense. Yeah. But sometimes it's like when the star is in the room, like, okay, everyone knows the star is in the room. Everyone's on pins and needles. But his was like, okay, once he walked on set, like, obviously the lead is here. But he had this warmth about him that he, like, wanted, he was ready to play. 
He's like, all right, let's get down. Let's make this the best that it can be. And he wasn't afraid of like asking questions to other like people that are in the scene that aren't necessarily like the lead. Like if he's like, oh, what do you think about like, what do you think about what's going on right here? What do you think about this kind of crossing? Or if it's even just blocking, like he'll like I remember one time he was like, do you think it makes sense for me to cross here or cross there? I'm like, he doesn't have to ask me about the blocking. Like a little old me, like he he can do whatever he wants, but he took the time to sort of ask, like, do you think it makes sense for me to cross in front or cross behind? So he seemed like a type of person that, from what I could gather when he's working, that we're all equal, which is really all you can really ask for when you're working with like a huge star like that. Like, because I'm not really, I don't expect them to be like super friendly because when you're on set for 14, 18 hours a day, like I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't even give me eye contact because you're got tired. Yeah. There's so much going on. I only had like a really like a, a couple exchanges in my scene and I had to do five dialect coachings just for oh that. Wow. It was intense. And it, and it was a different dialect coach from that I had from even Lupita because my character was from a specific village in Africa. So it was, it was a, definitely an experience that I will never forget. Working on Black Panther was insane. Like I'll never forget that set. It was the biggest set ever. There was Black Panther had like seven body doubles it was crazy. That's so cool. I love though. that movie. That's yeah. one of the few superhero movies that I went and saw in theater. And I just love, I mean, we talk about this a lot with Bravo, but um, just representation matters and mm-hmm. seeing yourself in screen just makes the biggest difference. And I just love everything that stands for and Chadwick as, as horrible, as um, unfortunate and tragic as his passing is, he has such a wonderful legacy and you've only hear, hopefully people can take the spirit that he carried and kind of carry that on for themselves. Absolutely. And what was interesting about working on that film too, is that even the people like myself that were working on it, the cast, the crew, the directors, we didn't have a clue. I don't think any of us really understood the gravity of what it was going to become because they were, I feel like they were still kind of nervous about how people are going to receive black superhero. Like they weren't convinced. I feel mm-hmm. Disney was not convinced that they were going to, people were going to really show up for a black superhero because they just, it hadn't been done before. So it was yeah. a risk that was being There was taken. no history. Yeah. There was, exactly. Yeah. So even when I was getting the audition, they were using like, like fake names and things like it was called the motherland for the longest. They didn't want to reveal <laughs> that it was the new Marvel because they That's were just such a random name for it. The motherland. Right? <laughs> it was, it literally everywhere it was called, the, even on set, it was like the motherland. Like it was like so under wraps. And then even by the, even by the time I went to the first initial screening, I didn't realize like, so Samuel Jackson came to the screening and he like introduced the film. And I was like, what Samuel Jackson is here. And I was like, wait, this is a big deal. Yeah, this isn't yeah. I realize, legit. Like, until it, happening because I, I just didn't know because I'd never I've never seen it before I didn't know what was happening and then once he came out and introduced it and was just talking about you know everything about that and how I mean he was emotional seeing Chadwick on the screen I was like oh wait a minute this is gonna be something else and then it ended up being you know history making film and it's just like you said it's unfortunate that Chad passed away but you know it's like we finally, we finally get one we finally got yeah. one and then he passed away it's like oh man yeah, it, it does really suck. Sucks. It sucks a lot. But his he truly lived his life, it sounds like, to his yeah. fullest. And he focused on others around him. And, you know, I I would I think that's amazing to have that kind of memory. Um yeah. especially well, in Hollywood. He opened he just opened so many doors now for yeah. 
any black actor or an actress, male or female, to now know like, okay, it can be done and it can be a blockbuster hit, you know? And so when you like, I'm sure there's so much uh, like racism and casting even because there's certain parts like, well, we pictured this as a white woman. And now it's like, okay, well, look and see how successful this was. And, you know, it wasn't like Black Panther all of a sudden had a resurgence because he passed. I mean, it was a huge hit in the moment too. So I hope that opens more doors because even though, I mean, I am white, but I don't want to go watch a movie. That's all white people. That's not my life. Like my circle of friends aren't all white females like me. And so I like seeing people, something that reminds me of the people I love on TV and on movies. So I'm, I'm excited by the idea of this opening more doors too. Absolutely. And Chadwick too, like just the history of the roles that he played for him to be able to play only really significant people in history. I mean, what, a what, I mean, that's so impressive to me because as a, as a rising actor, you, most people just have to take what they get, you know, like you just, you yeah. might play girl number four or you might play a right. prostitute here or there, <laughs> but the fact that he was able to have such discernment and he was very particular with the type of roles that he played. Like he would turn down roles for thugs and drug dealers and things like that. Cause he I was like, I like Jackie I Robinson. Like that's so cool. It's incredible. Yeah. He played, uh, it's, it's in, when he played uh, James Brown and he didn't get nominated I was like, okay, something's not right here. So yeah. for him to finally get his due, you know, his, what he deserves, the attention he deserves in Black Panther, I was really happy that that was like happening for him because it should have happened along. I mean, he played Thurgood Marshall. I mean, he played like really iconic black people and people don't know about it. People mm-hmm. didn't, a lot of people don't even know who Chadwick is until Black Panther. Which is crazy. I mean, I honestly didn't. I this sounds. I haven't watched Black Panther yet. I'm not into the Marvel stuff, and so I want to go back and watch it because everyone's like beyond just superheroes. Like this was a groundbreaking film because of all that it did. But I've I loved him in every other movie. Like I've I don't know. I fell in love with him when he played Jackie Robinson. Like for me, that yeah. was I thought such a cool movie. And I I'm sure they didn't show the full extent, but they did. I mean, they didn't. They didn't paint it like it was rainbows for him. Like, oh, everyone was mean. And then I hit a baseball really far and it didn't matter anymore. Like mm-hmm. he, it showed that he had a child. I'm sure it was worse than what we saw. I know it was. But to see some of that, I just thought it was really, I, I've i always loved him. I thought yeah. he was just a great actor. But now it feels really weird to transition I over. Know. Now we're going to take a serious topic and transition to Potomac. And Michael Harvey, um, uh, let's talk about white oh men God. sucking. We talked about great black men. Let's talk about white men that suck. And Michael Darby. Um, wow. I, he, I mean, he really sucks. I, the fact that he was so nervous, like he was like sweating that conversation. And Ashley was just so cool. She's like, oh, you want production to come over? Okay. I'm going to order my food. I'm going to drink my beer. Like, well, I mean, that scene was bone chilling. I know. I know. It was so, like you said, it was so interesting to watch him squirm and her just be, like you said, she's just like, okay, that's fine. They can come over here, but it's still, the, the facts are the facts. It's not going to, it's not going to change anything. Like she's not going to change the narrative for you. She's going to keep it real whether, whether you call the producers over or not. And I think he was thinking that she was going to like jump in and save him. And as soon as those producers came over, she sat right on back, started eating her salad, drinking yeah. her beer. And she's like, okay, go ahead try to, try to, try to fix the situation, but it's not going to work because- it is what it is. Like she says, she, I mean, she says this is the final straw. What do you guys think? Do you think it's really the final straw? I really don't. I mean, here's the thing. I don't know what it's like to be in an open relationship or let alone a marriage, 
But I I was just actually having this conversation with my husband before this, and we were just saying like how difficult I feel like it would be to have a successful open relationship. I think there's always going to be a little bit of jealousy there. Yeah. I just I just think honestly, I don't I don't know what their arrangement is, and clearly he broke the grounds on that arrangement because he said, "Oh, the fun is over." But also, I think he. Um, I also think I don't want to call Ash. I kind of think monetarily it's beneficial for Ashley too. It's just yeah. a weird. There's daddy issues. There's a lot of layers, but I don't know that I see them lasting after this second baby. I agree. I agree. I think she'll have her second baby. You know, it's better to have one baby daddy than two. <laughs> yeah. You know, get her get her checks and then call it a day. I think the second baby was an oops. Uh, and I'm wondering if it was just like, you know, they went through this terrible time and it, I'm hoping they went through therapy to work through some of this. Cause like, that's, I mean, that's deeper than just, oh, we just haven't been connecting lately. Like this is a deep right. issue. And I'm wondering if maybe they were doing really well and decided to be intimate and whoops, it happened. And like, in my head, that makes more sense. Like, oh shit, now I'm pregnant. We're yeah. going to keep working on it. Cause like, I just don't. Even if it was for the money, I mean, you can divorce his ass unless he made you sign this ironclad prenup and you don't get a dime. I just can't. I mean, you have a kid like he has to at least pay you child support. Like you're not you wouldn't be with I'm not that you should only marry someone for money. But like if that's why she's sticking around, I think there's other options for her. And I just yeah. can't see why else she would stay with him. I agree. I totally agree. I don't. <sighs> yeah, it's 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 very confusing. Yeah. It's really confusing, especially as a viewer, because I feel like Ashley shares a lot about herself and clearly she doesn't share a lot about herself. And we're seeing that with the us learning more about their relationship. And it just kind of, I don't know, I just kind of wish you would be like, listen, guys, I'm with him because I love him. Um, you all can question me all day long, but it's our thing. And I feel like she would silence a lot of us <laughs> pretty quickly yeah. if she just yeah. kind of addressed it. Yeah. What did you think about not for lazy mobs uh, having needing to have an office, spending two hundred thousand dollars? And I think it's worth pointing out she has not released a podcast episode since September twenty nineteen. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Well, that says everything right there. What I was thinking is like, where's this money going? And the fact that her her a co host Allie was like, oh, don't tell Chris. I don't want anyone to know what I'm spending money on. That is not something I want to hear. You should a like business what? partner. Yeah. Thank you. Like, what are you spending money on that you don't want anyone to know? Because it must mean that you're spending money irresponsibly. Also, why the hell do you have four houses and can't make one of them one of your offices? Like, do you what? really need a space? Right. That's a good point. That's what I always kept thinking. I mean, I, I know, like, I get it. You want to be in an office. If you, you want to have it be a little professional. But if you have four houses, you can easily turn a basement or something. With those little employees that she seems to have, you could make it work. I know. It seems like she's just so desperate to carve out this, like, identity for herself. Yeah. That by her having this physical space that's her own, she just, like, enjoys the feeling of, like, okay, I'm going to my office. It makes her feel like she's, you know actually has her own identity in the relationship. That's probably why. And I think More that's so, so relatable. Like if she said yeah. that and made a podcast about that, right. and a, a book about that instead of a book about potty training a six month old, like as a mom, I relate to that too. Like, yeah. I mean, even though Vanessa and I are working moms, there is this sense of like, 
like when people see see me, oh, that's Warren's mom. I'm like, oh, wait, actually, my name's Abby. Like, you know, it's there's there's more to me. So I feel like that's so relatable. I wish she would show more of that. Uh, and I think she tries to be this one. He's like, I do. You know, she wants everyone to know she does a lot, but she also wants to seem like she's the woman that can do it all. And no one yeah. is. Right. It's also telling that T'Challa is more successful than Not For Lazy Moms. <laughs> like, like T'Challa has probably sold more merch than anything Not For Lazy Moms has done. For real. <laughs> we all need to get a parrot. That's what we need. We don't need Patreon episodes. We need a parrot. Seriously. Seriously. Yeah, I, I, I feel bad for Monique because, like you said, I feel like she is stuck between wanting to seem like she has it all, but then also it's a cry for help that... She needs more support from Chris, mm-hmm. like not financially, yeah, clearly, but emotionally. emotionally, yeah. So. I know, like when she was saying, "I wish she would ask me how my day was," like when she was giving the kids a bath and how busy they are and all this. I'm like, oh, like just makes me sad because I feel like he thinks, "Oh, look at all I provide. I let her spend two hundred thousand dollars on this, you know, podcast venture." And I think like all she really wants is him to be like, let's just, you know, she even said it, like go on a date, just the two of them and talk about just the two of them, not about the kids. And right. it's, but she, for some reason feels like she can't say that or ask for it. But it's, I, maybe that's part of what, like her aggression. I mean, the I feel like the fight that we're going to see more of in the next episode escalates really quickly. Like it was a kind of like a heated conversation and then bam, like brawling. It was brewing. Like it was, it was, there was no way that that wasn't going to happen at some point because I mean, just from their original fight, they, I feel yeah. like it was never brought to a closure. Like they hugged it out at the reunion or whatnot. But then shortly after that, they were still at each other's throats again. Like, you know, very soon after they made up, what do you think is the main sort of conflict that is between, do you think it's the, really the Sharice thing or what, like, what was it for even from last season? I feel like it's Sharice and the marriage. Like, I feel like that's messing with her reputation since we were talking about how important she likes appearances and likes to act like she has it all together. I think it's the marriage rumor. And then what do you think it was last season with the, you know, when they were arguing, like, drag me, Monique, drag me. Like, what was that fight? See, I the think there's more. Fight. I know. I think there's more going on. I will say if it is the Sharice thing, it makes me think there's truth to it. Only because mm. if someone said, oh, like there's a rumor, Abby, you were, you know, getting really close with your trainer and people were seeing you guys out to lunch together. If I knew there was no, no truth to it at all, I would laugh it off. And when someone like, even if someone continually talked about it, I'd be like, that is such a lie. Like, you know, like I wouldn't even like, I wouldn't feel the need to yeah. go live with my husband and defend myself. Like, I don't know. It's kind of one of those, like the more you defend it, it feels like, okay, maybe there's some truth to it. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. I hate to say, I love Monique. I It is like driving me crazy that I find myself somewhat agreeing with Candace it, throughout these episodes. I'm like, oh my God, am I, I'm not team Candace, but like I'm inching closer and it's really scary. I know. It's really, yeah, I, it's, that's why I'm like, it sucks Monique because it's like she must, she really is not doing herself any favors because people are becoming team Candace and that says a lot. It doesn't, the thing is, I think, until she provoked Candace to want to fight, I felt like, I mean, they're both kind of wrong. They both, yeah. you know, I mean, they both can admit it was shitty that Candace messed with her business and messed with her finances and backed out last minute. But then at the same time, it's like you can't expect someone 
to want to be on your show. So I thought there was a little bit where they're both right or wrong until Monique decided to touch her. Yeah. And then even when she was talking about having them on the podcast, she's like, oh, yeah, so we can ask them how are they in the honeymoon phase when they haven't even gone on a honeymoon. Like, okay, so you want to have her on there to, like, make fun of her? That's kind of, That was, like, my thoughts. Like, your intentions were never good with having her on the podcast. So I get you have to reprint your marketing. But in some ways, like, I, I don't know. I mean, she threw more shade at her. But I just felt like, like, that isn't, like, the best way to go about approaching someone. And no and wonder they – cares yeah. if they haven't gone on a honeymoon? Right. Like, it doesn't mean your marriage is any – is like in trouble if you don't go on a honeymoon right away. Exactly. I think it is kind of funny right now because I have a lot of friends who did like small ceremonies or went to the courthouse and they're just, they're going to have their reception whenever they feel like they can't. Like, it's just funny to make the fact that like the time that they're airing this and making fun of someone not going on a honeymoon when a lot of people who are getting married this year aren't going on honeymoons because there's nowhere to go. I mean, you might not feel comfortable flying. So I wonder if that's going to get brought up at all, too, because I'm sure there's people who are like, look, I'm not on a honeymoon either. Like, don't make it seem like I'm not married because I didn't go on a honeymoon. Yeah, no, that's facts right there. And I also think, too, because like the last season, they started to develop this relationship that was like a big sister, little sister, Monique and Candace. Mm-hmm. And I feel like uh, Candace slightly resented that because Monique kind of was like looking down on her because Monique you know, on the outside has it all together. Whereas Candace kind of has to rely on her mom and like her home is in her mom's name and all these sort of things that are not picture perfect. So I felt like it was like Monique was trying to be like, Oh, you're like my little sister, but I'm also better than you. And then Candace resented that. So then Monique was mad because Candace wasn't receiving her as being her older sister sort of dynamic. Just, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I it feel like that's weird. always a point of contention with Housewives. Uh, Gina got really upset when she was called the little sister, too. Yeah, you're right. Yes. Because I think there's something there. That. She's like, no, you are not going to tell me I'm because you're, you're a little sister. I'm smarter than you. Like, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm a pageant girl. Like, how dare you tell me that you're better than me? But then Monique was trying to do it in a way of being like, oh, like, this is, you know, the type of friendship that we can have. But also you should look up to me because I have the perfect marriage. Yeah. And I have three kids. And, and Candace is like, no, no, no. I'm not going to look up to you, bitch, because you're ratchet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is facts some real talk. Yeah. I'm, facts I are facts. <laughs> like she said, uh, Candace said Monique is a bird. <laughs> She, <laughs> I mean, she, I mean, <laughs> she's closer to T'Challa than she is Chris at this point. Right. I mean, basically. I, yeah. I feel like T'Challa's like her therapist, her best friend. T'Challa's her everything. Yeah. It's a little yeah. odd, but I will say I love T'Challa. Where, where would we be without who, whoever thought that a bird was going to be what made a Housewives franchise, but it sure has. It sure has. I will take T'Challa over Jiggy any day. Oh, I don't miss Jiggy. I I don't miss Jiggy. Jiggy. Is he still alive? I don't barely. Probably. He's probably (laughs) been like taxidermied, and it's a stuffed dog. On, (laughs) I swear. Sometimes he looks like he's not breathing. That dog. I don't know that he, he didn't is. look healthy. And his last, the last season of like LVP being on there, there were times where they showed him like, I think Jiggy needs to go to the vet. Like something doesn't, <laughs> this doesn't seem fair to the dog. No, it doesn't. <laughs> like he's too still. Like he doesn't yeah. move at all. He doesn't. It's kind of creepy. 
It makes me wonder if she like swapped him out or he is a taxidermy. But I think he's a taxidermy stuffed dog that has like radio controlled ears because his ears are all that moves. It's not really much more. <laughs> wow, you've really thought about this, Abby. You've gone down that rabbit hole. <laughs> if, if work wasn't so busy right now, I'd probably spend an entire day trying to prove why Jiggy is a taxidermy dog. But hilarious. <laughs> uh, well, so I mean, Pato- I've. I mean, Potomac has been so great. It's kind of crazy to think that that now that Roni's wrapped, officially done, that's our only franchise we're going to have. I want more. I know we're only a couple weeks away from more, but I'm also really going to miss New York. I loved this reunion. Me too. Me too. I'm going to miss New York a lot. It was it was nice to have New York through the uh, through the pandemic like it, it was like one of the shows that was like okay they're getting drunk they're having a good time it's like people were like kind of complaining about the drunkenness but i'm like at least it's light besides dorinda <laughs> at least it's light you know that's fair we've talked a lot about the alcohol mainly because it kind of gets you know the shit kind of gets a little bit old and you're like okay is there something yeah. going on there but yeah it's been light and even this reunion even throughout the moments that are a little contentious it was still light like they had yeah. the montage with so- Sonia is my favorite person ever, but the montage they had about her catching dicks and just how horny oh my she God. is and everything. Like, I just love how unapologetic Sonia is with who she is. She's the best. She's the one housewife that I would want to run into just like on the streets. Like I would love to just be like, Sonia Rita. Like, <laughs> hey girl. I was so sad we didn't run into her at BravoCon. Like, we would, re- like, I mean, you had the photo ops with people, but they didn't really let you talk to them. It was like, all right, move it along. There's 300 other people waiting for a picture. But sometimes okay. you would see some of them at, like, just walking around. And she was the one that I'm like, oh, if I could just get a really good picture with Sonia, I would, I would love it. Apparently, she's more private than people think. That's what I've heard. I was, uh, cause I was watching Lee on a live one time and Sonia popped it on the live, like just in the chat box. And then she wanted her to come onto the live and she was like, Oh, okay. I know you're private. Like you guys don't know, but Sonia's actually really private when she's not filming. Interesting. That's interesting. I mean, you kind of see that with her daughter. Granted, I, yeah. Yeah. I kind of respect how she doesn't have her daughter. And I don't know if that has to do with the, with her ex-husband and everything, but I, I respect that. I respect a lot of housewives who don't, where their children aren't front and center. Yes. Yes. Unlike Rena. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> That's a whole, whole other episode. We're gonna do, let's do a bonus episode on breaking down Rena, the, the good, the oh. bad, and the fake fat lips. But uh, oh, God. the one thing I noticed, too, about the reunion is uh, we finally touch on Elise. Like, I felt like there was a bunch of memes that went around that, like, Elise was a ghost because nobody really, like, ever <laughs> talked to her. And it... Vanessa said this on a previous episode, but she's like, Elise's appearance was so choppy. It was like, she was there for a while, then she was gone and she came back and she was gone. We didn't see her at the reunion at all. And I mean, I guess we realized that if you're going to come on as Ramona's friend, if Ramona even admitted she wants blind faith and trust and you can't question anything she does, or I guess she'll just get you kicked right off the show. Yeah. I guess Elise didn't know that. I'm like, do you not know Ramona? Yeah. Because... I would yeah, expect I mean, nothing yeah. from Ramona. I would not expect to be able to, to be brought on the show by Ramona and then go against her and Ramona be okay with it. That's fair. That's actually very fair. I, I mean, I would say that for any of them. I don't think any of them would 
want their friend to turn on them. But watching this, I was like, not that I'm ever going to do reality TV, but if I were going to do reality TV, there's no way in hell I'm going to do it with anyone that I'm close to. Abby and I will never do reality (laughs) TV together because it sounds like you won't be friends. I know. I actually think about that. Like someone's like, oh, would you and Vanessa ever want your own reality TV show? I'm like, no, because eventually production's going to get in our head. We're going to fight and the friendship's gone. And I think for all of these women, the, the reason why we love New York is these are deep-rooted friendships. Like a lot of these women have known each other in one way or another. And then Leah's so perfect because she's the outsider. You know, like it's just the perfect combination. But any other franchise, it's very fake friendships. And I think the reason they have to do that and like, you know, someone barely knows somebody and they introduce them at a lunch and now they're a housewife. They have to do it that way because nobody really wants their true friends on there because they don't want to risk a friendship being ruined. And I totally get that. Like I wouldn't want to risk it either. No, that makes sense. What did you guys think about Ramona with the printed out text receipts and just Dorinda, that whole situation? In the drawer. In the drawer. She got there two hours early to put them in the fucking drawer. I was dying. Oh, my gosh. Sasha, what did you think? (laughs) I was just like, really, Ramona? Like, it was like she tried and it failed. She was trying to do like a Vanderpump moment, like printing out the text, (laughs) and it just did not land at all. I mean, I feel like these women need to come up with a new shit with the printing of the text. Like Rena just did it. Like LVP did it once. And unless we can read it, <laughs> the viewers right. can read it, like print it large enough for us to read. I don't really care. I'm always confused because right. they have them printed on these like large pieces of paper and these texts are so like, they're huge. Like when they print the receipts, this is so dumb. I'm like, are people just screenshotting these and like printing them on their home printer as like a picture? Like <laughs> I, they're so massive. I'm like, why, why do we have such blown up receipts. I don't know. But yeah, I think there needs to be something else because they've it's been done. When it happened the first time, it was great. And now it's like, oh God, here here comes some paper. We know what's happening. And Dorinda didn't even entertain it. She's yeah. just like, I'm not even picking those up. Andy read them on his own. He's like stopped interviewing the ladies and he's just sitting in a corner reading the receipts. I thought maybe he'd find something good and tell us, but clearly the receipts were boring because he had nothing yeah. to follow up nothing on. To say. Nothing to say. I will say with Dorinda, I am watching her. Uh, I have such a love-hate with Dorinda. And right now it's a little bit more on the hate. But she just – I just wish she would own her shit more. Like just because you're going through some stuff and we're overwhelmed. Like, oh, my God. these are This is like your, your privileged life <laughs> with your house remodel and like all these right. things that really aren't that deep. doesn't right. mean you can be an asshole. Like just, I just wish she would own up to the fact that she was a huge asshole. And it took her a little bit to even apologize to Luann once Andy was pressing on her. I just, I kind of was siding with Ramona a little bit there and when she was talking about it, which I, it's hard to say, admit that you're siding with Ramona, but I'm like, Dorinda, there's no accountability ever. None, none. She's incapable. There's, I feel like she has a defect. Like there literally is like a character defect in the way that her mind works, that the button that sends to your brain, oh, you're wrong, apologize. It's like broken. Like it it literally doesn't, it doesn't work. For whatever reason, like she hasn't developed the like self-awareness enough to be able to like see herself on the outside and see her, her like faults. It's insane to me. Cause like people, like you said, like I find myself uh, siding with Ramona. People want to call her the apologizer, but Ramona said it so greatly. She's like, I'd rather be an apologizer than a denier. Yeah. At least she I owns prefer it. That. Yeah. Thank you. I'd rather someone any day apologize and sit here and flatten my face and say that it didn't happen or that you're actually wrong. And when they're the one that that's wrong, 
it's so I will say, frustrating. I mean, Ramona does do a lot of things that are really shitty. I don't think she's a great person. But when it's called to her attention, she will, for the most part, acknowledge it. Like, even when mm-hmm. she used the hashtag All Lives Matter and got torn apart for it. And then two days later posted and someone said, oh, why aren't you using your hashtag All Lives Matter? And she said, I understand what that means now. And I, I uh, and used hashtag Black Lives Matter. There was more to it. But I was like, mm-hmm. I think that shows someone like, yeah, it was wrong to say that. Like when people use All Lives Matter, and I, I'm sure it gets as a woman of color, it gets you even more fired up than me. But it's like, you're just trying to piss somebody off. You're not saying mm-hmm. it because you really think All Lives Matter equally or you wouldn't use the stupid hashtag. But it was brought to her attention, whether good intentions or not, like she did apologize for it. So I think there's something to somebody who at least will acknowledge fault and say, I'm going to try to do better. I'm probably going to mess up again, but I'm going to try to do better. Dorinda just isn't there. I Dorinda needs to take a break. She needs therapy. She She needs to go to that retreat where Ramona or where uh, Sonia Mm -hmm. apparently became in touch with her soul and lost 27 (laughs) pounds. Like that's... That's what you need to do. I also, I loved when Sonia was like, I, you know what happened after you called me fat? I just kept gaining more and more weight. And I was like, you know what? That is how it goes. Like when Mm -hmm. somebody like points out a fault, you just become so aware of it that it magnifies itself. Yep. Yep. Watch what happens live in Bethany. There were so many nuggets of information where I'm like, oh my God, Bethany, I don't want to, I've never been like ride or die Bethany, but she's so one of a kind that I did kind of miss her. One. Isn't it interesting that she referred Leah but has never met her? Yeah, I found that interesting. I did. I'm just kind of like, how does that, how does that work? <laughs> like, does she like yeah. search Instagram? Like, how right. does that like, work that you're referring like a, someone you've never uh, met? She has like an underground circle of people that are just recruiting housewives all the time. But then she also mentioned that she'd barely watched the season. I was like, well, then how do you know who would fit with? She tries to make it sound like she doesn't watch the show, but then like, how does she? How does she know everyone loves Leah then? Like, I right. guess Twitter? I don't know. That part confused me. She, she also referred to above it, and, but oh, she's yeah. not. She was the reason Aviva was on the show. I di- I'm like, how, in what world are Bethany and Viva running into each other? Right? I found it interesting that she said on Twitter that she refers people of color all the time, and they just, Bravo just doesn't use them. And I Andy saw agreed that. with her. He goes, yeah, you have. I'm like, okay, well, then why haven't we had a black housewife on New York? Right. It doesn't make any sense. I mean, I'm glad it's happening now, but the, yeah, (laughs) it doesn't make sense. Sometimes I feel like they do it because they're like, look, like we're changing. It's like, yeah, you're changing because everyone called you out. Like everybody called out Bravo this summer for being all white. Literally. And then like, (laughs) even when there is black, it's completely segregated. Like we're fucking 60 years ago. It's like, why am I watching segregation on TV in 2020? That's a wonderful way to put it. I mean, <laughs> it does we're, not we're make okay, any sense. We've accepted it. We're like, that's fine. White people over here, black people over here. Yeah. It's like, no, no. This is not what should be happening right now. I think we're going to start seeing a huge shift in casting. I mean, we're already seeing it Southern Charm. I mean, which I know it's not a, you know, a black woman, but we're going to have um, Leva on there. And I feel like she is n- going to definitely not let people get away with their shit. Uh, we, I it sounds like Garcelle's coming back. She said she wants to come back. I don't think it's been confirmed yet. She is confirmed. Okay, she confirmed. And then yeah. we know that most likely there will be a Black Housewife on New York. We have an Asian on Dallas, which is going to be really interesting because Brandy did a lot of racist um, 
post towards the Asian community. So I think, I mean, they're realizing one way to combat some of their horrible casting choices is to make those people go face to face with the people they've hurt. So I, yeah. it's going to be, I think it's gonna be really interesting to watch these next couple of seasons and years of Bravo and see how production shifts it to not let these women get away with some of their behavior. And I really hope Kelly Dodd is one of them. <laughs> Man, I've been hearing that like they're gonna really go against Bronwyn on this season, like with the whole. I'm just like, oh, I'm really worried for her because I don't want to see that. I really don't. I we don't either. We love Bronwyn. She's been nothing but um, she's just been a wonderful, kind person. So we're super, super nothing but kind to us. So we're super, super biased in our thoughts. But it's kind of disappointing um, given that Bronwyn has been one of the few housewives that's been openly um, an open ally to Black Lives Matter and actually trying to educate and learn and um, inform her followers and to that be a point of contention is kind of disturbing. So I I think it's some of her, I think some of her castmates are so upset that like some of these recent rumors that are being like not confirmed that it's Bronwyn on um, some of these accounts that just post stuff that they hear. I have to wonder if it's castmates that are pissed off and they're doing this to hurt her. Hmm. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Like the people leaking some of these things that only someone close to her would potentially know. It's just yeah. kind of crazy. It is crazy. Well, that kind of wraps up everything that's kind of going on. And bravo. Sasha, thank you so much for joining us. Can you please remind everyone how they can find you, your Patreon page, your Instagram you so TV? I'm at Instagram.com slash the Bravo Breakdown and I'm on Patreon.com slash the Bravo Breakdowns. Five bucks a month. I put up uh, one video every week. So I try to, you know, keep it. Uh, I, I let my patrons vote because sometimes it's like, I, I don't know if it should be Roni or Beverly Hills or Potomac, but now all we have is Potomac. So yeah. for what, the Our, next month or so, right? At least yeah. three weeks. Are you going to cover Salt Lake? Are you planning on it? Yeah, I'm going to cover it. Yeah. 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 I- I'm actually really excited. I don't know. I just have a good feeling about it. Vanessa's more of a realist, I'm, for, which is odd. Usually I'm the more like negative Nancy on something and Vanessa's the optimist, but we're shifting roles this time and V is <laughs> cautiously looking forward to it. I just, I don't know. I don't know, Abby. We'll see. You might I be right. You might be right. I'm, I mean, I'm happy to admit I'm a flip flopper, so I'm sure I'll get messages. You said you were into it. Now you're into it. I'm going to watch it regardless. I'm going to watch it. That's the thing. It's like, I give every franchise like at least three episodes before I'm just like, okay, I'm done. You know? Cause I want to like, I want to enjoy it. I want to, you know, I'm looking forward to a new franchise. The religious stuff is just turns me off. Like I don't like religious like stuff, but you know, it'll be interesting. I will say though, Sasha, like I can talk shit on it all day long, but I have such bad FOMO, especially doing all this <laughs> Bravo stuff uh-huh. that we do that yeah. if there's a meme I don't get because I wasn't watching. Then yeah, I'm going to watch it. Right. Even if I I'm torturing myself and I don't like it, I'm still going to watch it. I feel you on that one. <laughs> totally. Thank well, you Sasha, so much, Sasha. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me, you guys. I appreciate it. And happy birthday, Vanessa. Thank oh, you. Yeah. I Thank almost you. forgot to say it on here too. Yeah, happy birthday, yes. V. Thanks. Birthday. Thanks. Treat, 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 treat yourself today. I girl, I am. I'm I'm planning on hopefully <laughs> getting drunk tomorrow, um, which I haven't been um since birthing this child. So we'll see what happens. Watch out Instagram stories because I usually like to FaceTime people when I'm drunk. So who knows what will happen. 
I love we when love you it. go live. I'm really hoping you go live. When I you're really hope I don't, but who knows? <laughs> <laughs> we really hope you enjoyed listening to Sasha and we're going to keep plugging her, you guys. So please check out the Bravo breakdown. We loved having her on and we'll probably have her again sometime soon. And we are doing a shout out this week. This week's shout out or is going to Latinx Heritage Month. If you all don't know, I'm a proud Latina. I'm Dominic- soy Dominicana. Soy muy orgulloso. I cannot talk. There we go. I'm very proud to be that. But one thing I want to talk about and just kind of bring light to as we as we talk about the importance of Black Lives Matter, Black comes in all different colors. And it's something that isn't always discussed in the Latin community. As someone who's Afro-Latina, it, oh, it kind of pains me that in our community, we discriminate against each other. And there's so much colorism. I grew up thinking, not being taught or educated. I grew up in a manner that was very, in a way, anti-Black, anti of who my ancestors are. It was always, I'm Dominican. I'm not Black. I'm not this. It was always that. When in, in theory, yes, we're all proud of our nationality, but let's be proud of our color too. So I just want to bring light to that to my fellow Afro-Latinas, Latinos, let's be proud of who we are and where we come from. And Black comes in all different colors and it's all beautiful. So now that y'all listen to my PSA, little information, we educate for you guys too. Um, Don't forget to leave us a five-star rating and review. We are loving the reviews that we're receiving, you guys. Thank you so much. Abby, like we talk about, we text them to each other. We'll share them the stories. We just are very, very grateful for them. It, I mean, we say it all the time, but like it really does make our day. And we love when we post them to stories and you respond back and let us know it was you. We can't always tell by the name. And hopefully you understand how much we appreciate when we send you a message with like a million kissy faces and exclamation marks. It really, truly means the world to us. Yes. And we got a review from a fellow Nick you Mama, Christian S. Thank you so much for your kind words. And we want to be an escape for you guys. So Please, please, please um, help us out and leave us a quick review. It really does make a difference. And with that, we will catch you next week. You will fail. So what? Everybody does. But your gym, your watch, your yoga pants, they pretend you won't. So when you miss a day, eat the pancakes. Give up on a workout? You failed? Seriously, what the hell? We're body. We've been a part of that too, but not anymore. At Body, we're rejecting perfection and embracing reality. Not in a Pizza Monday kind of way, in a loving your whole life kind of way. In a, this workout is fun and it's okay if I take a week off kind of way. In an, I'm eating healthy and it's okay if I indulge kind of way. In a, I like myself no matter what kind of way. Yeah, you will fail. We all will. But we're not going to let that be the end. You see that? We're already making progress. So let's keep going. We are Body. Start your free trial at body.com. That's B-O-D-I dot com.